This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Do you read your recent brief? I do. do I you? read a lot. Really? You know, I read a lot. They like to say I don't read. I read a lot. Uh, you read your I, daily I comprehend extraordinarily well. Uh, probably better than anybody that you've interviewed in a long time. I did more for the black community than anybody with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. Unplugged. Welcome to episode 48 of The Middle Unplugged, a break in the middle of the week when we reclaim the microphone from the far left and the far right and try to carve out some time for a less shrill, a less extreme, generally less angry conversation. A recurring theme here on the podcast has been that the idea that we know an awful lot about the presidential election of 2024, we know it already. We know what states are in play. We know what happened in those states four years ago with the same candidates. And yes, we know who those candidates will be again. Sort of like a movie that begins in the end and then flashes back to show us how we got here. We know the who and the when. It's the how that's the fun part. Well, fun is probably not the word I'm looking for. But if you're a consumer of news or if you want to follow important developments and national events, do you really want to listen to an interview with Donald Trump? The good folks at the National Broadcasting Company thought yes and made a big deal of having the former president on Meet the Press this past Sunday as they introduced a new anchor to the oldest of the legacy news shows, Kirsten Welker on Meet the Press. Now, what was the point? I'm not saying that to be snarky. I mean literally. What is the point of having Trump on to be interviewed when three things are true? One, that he's been interviewed a lot. Two, in those interviews, he's lied a lot. And three, almost no one's opinion is changed by hearing what he has to say, nor whether he's being at all truthful about them. The stated reason why the network was putting something on in the first place was he's an important guy. He may be president again. We're a news organization and we talk to important people and especially important people who may be president. But as I say, there have been a lot of interviews. He just did one in front of a live audience for CNN. And in all of them, and I mean all of them, Trump lied from end to end. And we know from the outcry about that event and a whole lot of other data that people who support Trump love the interviews in spite of or maybe because of the lies. And those who don't like Trump excoriate CNN or whomever else for letting Trump get away with the lies. So what's the answer to this question? And how do we come up with this again and again and still not have a good one? As Welker was short of saying in her own show, what the hell do you want from me? That's what she basically said after the video was played. Well, I have some thoughts. First, if your idea is just to have him on to help you promote a new host or to show conservatives that you're serious about having all voices on the air, then I got nothing for you. Keep going. But if you want to have an interview that does something, then try to learn from the past mistakes. In a way, NBC did learn not to let Trump talk live. The interview was taped. But what was the point of having it taped? I assumed it was so that if you aren't 
if you are if you're concerned about having your viewers get wrong information, then you have like a tape delay, like the seven second delay that we have on radio for the same reason. So we can dump stuff that isn't appropriate for being on air. But instead of using the editing machine to cut out factual errors or lies so MSNBC isn't contributing to misinformation, they played the tape as it was and published a fact check on their website. So they had a lot of words over there on the Trump, well, what are you going to call it? The Trump lied page. Trump lied about immigration, about Biden having more terrorists coming in through the southern border than Trump. He didn't. He lied about the U.S. leaving $85 billion worth of equipment behind in Afghanistan. We didn't. It was like $7 billion, and that was the number of a, that was the cost of the equipment if we bought it new. By the time we withdrew it, it was mostly useless. He lied about January 6th defendants getting long sentences and not even having gone to the building, but he forgets that the Proud Boys organized the insurrection, and some of them were across the water in Virginia. He lied about the election being rigged. He lied about the price of bacon. He lied about the budget cuts effect on, uh, 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 of his tax cuts. He lied about Democrats wanting to permit abortions after birth. We'll get to that in a second. Seemingly not to know even what an abortion is. So they taped the interview. They made notes of the lies of the interview. Then they replayed the entire interview without including any of the notable fact check in the program. Obviously, this doesn't help anyone. So what would have helped? Well, if you're going to go on the record with the interview in ad- and go record it in advance and go through the trouble of actually fact-checking and pulling out the facts, then why not put them in the interview? How about this? As he says something that is not true, you hear a little ping. Each one may be associated with a number coming up, sort of like a footnote. For example, when Trump says stuff like this. Right now, to my way of thinking, the Democrats are the radicals because after four and five and six months, but, but you have to say this, after birth, you have New York State and other places that pass legislation where you're allowed to kill the baby after birth. Now, imagine a tone going off like six times. Each tone corresponds to an error or a lie, and you can have maybe different tones for types of lies. One sound would mean that something is just wrong. Another could mean that it was clearly a lie because it has been corrected before or something like that. You can go even further. You could have one version of the interview where he makes the lie, a text box interrupts and sets the record straight. That would be for the genuinely curious, for that handful of viewers who have not already had enough of a fully fully formed view of Trump. Really? You think there are that many of those people? For the overwhelming majority of the audience, the new tone would just be a reminder of the two ways that things really get viewed. The MAGA right will see the tones as further proof of the annoying way the mainstream media tries to undermine their guy. And the left will see it as a cop-out, as it would not achieve what they really want, which is a full face-to-face reckoning. Trump told to his face that he's a liar. Which brings me to another innovation that might be even better than my literal bells and whistles solution. What if the interviewers took the time to become good at real-time fact-checking in real time? I don't mean lame, but Mr. President, you didn't win the election. I mean taking the time, and it wouldn't take a lot, to listen to the things he says over and over, read the things listed, say, in the indictments, for example, and just be ready to engage on one or two. Now, how about... Uh, you know, Mr. President, there's not a law that permits ba- killing of babies after birth. You know that, right? 
or tell me how you know how we both understand both that both that a law like that doesn't exist or you brag about the economy being so amazing but you know you're just one of two presidents besides Hoover to leave office with fewer jobs than when you took office is it possible to fact check Donald Trump in real time yes it is Here's about four minutes of highlights from an interview done by a fellow called Jonathan Swan of Axios. This is from three years ago. There are those that say, you can test too much. You do know that. Who says that? Oh, just read Who? the manuals, read the books. Manuals? Read the what books. Manuals? Read the books. What books? What testing does? Who, no, I'm sorry. Shows, wait a minute. Let me, let me explain. What testing does? It shows cases. It shows where there may be cases. I've covered you for a long time. I've, I've gone to your rallies. I've talked to your people. They love you. They listen to you. They listen to every word you say. They hang on your every word. They don't listen to me or the media or Fauci. They think we're fake news. They want to get their advice from you. And so when they hear you say everything's under control, don't worry about wearing masks, I mean, these are people, many of them are older people, well, what's Mr. President. What's your definition of control? Yeah. Under the it's giving them a false sense right of security. Now, I think it's under control. I'll tell you what. How? A thousand Americans are dying a day. They are dying. That's true. And you ha it is what it is. But that doesn't mean we aren't doing everything we can. When I took over, we didn't even have a test. Now, in all why, fairness, why would you there have a was test? no test The virus didn't this. exist. How would Excuse you have a test? I was say. Okay. Death is going up now. Okay. No, and it's no. a thousand a day. If you look at death... Yeah, it's going up look. again. Let's look. Daily death. Take a look at some of these charts. I'd okay? love to. We're going to look. Let's look. And if you look at death, yeah, per, started to go up again. One. Well, right here, the United States is lowest in numerous categories. Uh, we're lower than the world. Lower than we're the lower world. Lower than what is that? Europe. Take in what? Look. In what? Take a look. Right here. Here's case death. Oh, you're doing death as a proportion of cases. I'm talking about death as a proportion of population. That's where the US is really bad. Well, well, Much worse than South Korea, Germany, et cetera. You can't, you can't do that. You have Why to go, can't I do that? You have to go by, you have to go by where, look, here is the United States. You have to go by the cases, the cases. Why not death. as a proportion of when population? When have somebody, what it says is when you have somebody that yeah. has, it, where there's a case, oh, okay. the people that live sure. from oh. those cases. It's surely a relevant statistic to say if the US has X population and X percentage of death of that population no, versus South Korea. No, because you have to go by the cases. Well, look at South Korea, if, for example. 51 million population, 300 deaths. It's like, it's you, crazy you compared to know that. I do. It's you on don't the, know it's that. Do, you think they're faking their statistics, uh, South Korea? I, an I advanced won't get into country? that because I have a very good relationship yeah. with the country. But you don't know that. Wait, a thousand wait. Americans are dying a day. But I understand. I understand on cases, it's different. No, but you're not reporting it correctly, Jonathan. I think I am, but it's been widely reported that the U.S. has intelligence indicating that Russia paid bounties or offered to pay bounties to Taliban fighters to kill American right. soldiers. Mm -hmm. You had a phone call with Vladimir Putin on July 23rd. Did you bring up this issue? No, that was a phone call to discuss other things. And you've never discussed it with him? I have never discussed it with him, no. Reg I would, I'd have no problem with it. But you don't believe but, you know, the intelligence. It it's because you don't believe the intelligence, that's why. Uh, it never reached my okay. desk. You know why? Because they didn't think it was intelligence. They didn't think it was real. It was in they your written think, brief, though. Apparently. They didn't think it was worthy of it. I wouldn't mind. If it reached my desk, I would have done something about it. It never reached my desk because... Do you read your written brief? I do. do I you? read a lot. Really? You know, I read a lot. They like to say I don't read. I read a lot. Uh, your, your daily intelligence I comprehend extraordinarily well. Uh, probably better than anybody that you've interviewed in a long time. I did more for the black community than anybody with the possible exception of 
Abraham Lincoln, whether you like it or not, people say, oh, that's you really you, you believe you did more than Lyndon Johnson, who passed the Civil I Rights Act? I think I did, yeah. How? Because I How got criminal did justice you do? reform done. I got prison reform. Lyndon Johnson. I've done things. I've done, well. He passed the ask, Civil Rights ask, Act. How has it worked out? If you take a look at what Lyndon Johnson did. You think the Civil Rights Act was a mistake? How has it worked out? Because frankly, it, it took a long time. But for African-Americans, under that my administration, Jonathan, <laughs> under my administration, African-Americans were doing better than they had ever done in the history of this country. Well, how do you think history will remember John Lewis? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know John Lewis. Uh, he chose not to come to my uh, uh, inauguration. Uh, he chose, uh, I, I don't, uh, I never met John Lewis, actually. I don't believe. Do you find him impressive? Uh, so what made that work? Swan brought three things that Welker and CNN before her didn't. He, from time to time, did that record scratch thing where he basically stopped at a crazy point and asked, what the fuck? Even if the crazy was in the middle of a pile of other crazy, and even if it didn't elicit a response, the fact that Swan said things like, what journals are you talking about? With a scrunched up, are you kidding me face, that was enough. Second, he brought an interesting, damning, binary issue and then didn't let it go without a response. Welker did a Putin question, something along the lines of, does it make you feel sad when Putin doesn't like you? Useless. Swan asked about a specific story, about a specific and troubling piece of information that highlights the real-world cost of Trump having a love affair with Putin. And it was much, much more valuable. But the third thing Swan did and proved was possible is he took the time to learn to know stuff. Being smarter and more versed at issues than Trump is not a high bar. And Swan was more learned and more versed. So maybe the idea of bells going off every time that Trump fibs is a bit silly. Maybe having a text bubble that pops up like we had when VH1 had that show pop-up video. Maybe that's not befitting a major news outlet like NBC. But something has to change. These interviews are worse than useless. They're actively harmful because they offer the illusion of journalism without any of the virtue. If they can't change the format and they won't change the preparation or delivery of the interview, then maybe they should not do them. Is it, it's an open question, some things in this election, but not whether or not Trump lies. This was, there was a headline in the Washington Post three days after Trump's term ended. Here's what it said. Trump's false or misleading claims totaled 3,573 in four years. By the way, his first lie, he said it didn't rain during his inauguration, seriously. So if most of the scrutiny and most of the country knows all of this and the rest of us don't seem to care, then maybe talking words to him is useless, especially since there will be so, so many opportunities for him to answer questions soon under oath. And we'll be right back with Ask Anthony Anything. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Things must be pretty okay in the world because there were stories about what senators wear on the floor of the Senate and what Congresswoman Lauren Boebert was wearing while she was acting like a jerk on a date. That's about all I can come up with is a tie between these two silly issues together in what must have been a pretty slow news week. All right, let's do senatorial sartorial splendor first. When I want to get a good roundup of the important news events, I turn to the same place many of you go to for the brilliant duo of Maria Bartiromo and Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee. Well, Senator, real quick before you go, there's also the cover-up underway. I mean, you know, like, for example, this casual new thing in the Senate that you all are okay to wear, you know, casual clothing. You don't you no longer need a, a jacket and tie. Was that because of John Fetterman and he wants to wear and he likes to wear his hoodies? Is, and, he, and is that is that the reason that Chuck Schumer made that change? You know, Chuck Schumer certainly didn't consult with me before he made this change. I think it's just another step in the movement by the Democrats to, quote, transform America, to take us to a different place and to take us to a place that is much less respectful than we historically have been. The United States Senate is the world's most important deliberative body. And to see it completely downgraded, no dress code now, uh, I just think it's another step in the wrong direction. Ah, thank goodness for these two. Maria Bartiromo, who once interviewed me about my support for single-payer health care and asked me, if you like Medicare so much, why don't you have it? I was 45 at the time. And Senator Haggerty, he's best known for, uh, uh, wait, uh, oh, okay, he's best known for representing one of two states that are bordered by eight other states. It's the best I can do. Maybe we should go with his answer. What did he say? It's just another step in the movement by Democrats to transform America and take us to a place that is much less respectful than historically we've been. Or maybe it's just because there was never a dress code in the Senate and senators have worn golf shirts and Nikes and bomber jackets on the floor for years. Actually, they usually stay off the floor out of the camera view when they're dressed like this because they've come directly from the airport or from the golf course because they were called for votes. Is letting someone wear golf shoes or a hoodie on the floor of the Senate making America less respectful? I'm prepared to rule on this one. I don't know. And I really don't care. By the way, they do have a dress code in the House of Representatives where I used to serve. And look how respectful that place is. And finally, there's Lauren Boebert. I'm not sure why so many people were asking me about this this week. But in case you missed it, here is a concise summary from the ABC TV affiliate in Chicago of Boebert Gate. Boebert, Boebert, Boebert. Say it three times and she appears in security video from a weekend performance of Beetlejuice the congresswoman was kicked out of the theater for being disruptive. The DCPA says she was vaping. Boebert's team denied that, said the haze was from fog machines in the show. That claim goes up in smoke when you see the video. The pregnant woman sitting behind Boebert told the Denver Post she asked her to stop vaping, and Boebert refused. Her one-woman show continued, taking flash photos, raising her hands and dancing, often the only one clapping or standing up in the crowd. Boebert occasionally took a break from being disruptive to enjoy the company of her male companion. He briefly had a grasp on the situation before ushers returned and told Boebert she had to leave. The theater's incident report says Boebert pulled the don't you know who I am card on the way out, appearing to give theater employees the single finger salute. 
Well done. Not much to add there except the NC-17 parts about uh, some groping going on, but I'll leave that for a, a different podcast. So this too doesn't matter, but it does tell us a little bit about the world we live in. Instead of lamenting the phoniness and hypocrisy of a congresswoman who lives for the opportunity to decry the decline of American values and the rise of the woke trans mob who wants to grope your children, a lot of the chatter on that cesspool of Twitter was from people wondering if this was a setup, that her date was a Democrat, and how do they have cameras in the theater to record all of this? Look, it's another reminder that the force greater than any other in modern American politics life is a party affiliation of the player. You defend the guys who are on your team, and a lot of the people were defending their creep in Lauren Boebert. But what was a surprise that I discovered trying to figure out what new there was to say about this, I discovered a guy who does old-fashioned commentary on the nightly news program in Denver, Colorado, on the NBC affiliate there. His name is Kyle Clark, and at the end of the news, he does a thing that used to be commonplace in local news shows. He does a commentary. His take was way better than any I could write. Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's recent performance of sorts that got her thrown out of the theater in Denver was a lot of things, but it wasn't a surprise. I haven't seen a single person say why I am shocked that Lauren Boebert was rude, disruptive, and belligerent. This is, after all, the Congresswoman who suggested that a Muslim colleague was a suicide bomber. I haven't seen anyone surprised that Boebert did not tell the truth about what happened. Because, I mean, days before, we just fact-checked her latest false claim about migrants. I haven't seen anyone say that it was out of character for the congresswoman to appear to berate theater staff members who were just trying to do their jobs. Really, the only surprise in all of this is that Boebert, once she got caught, apologized and said that she didn't live up to her values. What? I mean, when, when Boebert didn't know that the cameras were watching, she was exactly who she is when she does know people are watching. Boebert reportedly asked the theater staff, don't you know who I am? Yes, we do. That was excellent. So we started today with the biggest national news program thinking the old way of doing things was going to work when interviewing Donald Trump. And we end with someone doing the most old-fashioned, wholesome thing, a news guy doing a commentary on the news and not being afraid to hurt someone's feelings. Nice work, America. And I really do want to thank you for joining us again for the Middle Unplugged podcast. I want to thank Eric Salas, our producer and sound designer. I also want to thank all of you who have um, subscribed to the podcast. And also the other one, we have The Middle, which is my radio show, which is now two hours. It's on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Wherever you are nationwide, you can stream it on wabcradio.com. Or it, too, is a podcast. Um, and you can get that in a separate stream. Also, if you want to reach out to me, wienerwabc at gmail.com. I'm at R-E-P-W-E-I-N-E-R, Rep Wiener on Twitter, Anthony D. Wiener on Threads, I think also Anthony D. Wiener on Facebook. It's so great for you to have joined us this week. Hope to see you next week or catch up with you on Saturday on The Middle. And this marks the end of The Middle Unplugged. (laughs) 